I'm just blessed to be here today. You guys look good. I, uh, I, I should probably just, just jump right into my assignment quickly. I don't think it'll take us very long. Is that okay if I can just share with you what it is I feel the Holy Spirit's put on my heart for us today? I, um, I'm not here today to uh, impress you. So if you came to be impressed, you'll have to get on Google and find somebody else. I'm also not here today to, my, my prayer is not that I share anything new with you today that you've never heard before. My prayer is that whatever God shares with us today even if you've heard it, may he reveal something new and fresh in your hearts today. A lot of people will quote and say, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. That's not true. You say, well, that's in the Bible, Pastor. Well, it is, but it doesn't mean what you think it means. Listen, if people are dying for a lack of knowledge, there's knowledge everywhere. People perish not for a lack of knowledge. God's people perish for a lack of applied knowledge. Come on, somebody. So today, the biggest prayer that you and I could have is as we look at his word today, not to go, ooh, I've heard that before. The best thing that you and I can do is Ooh, God, what have I not heard from this before? Is everybody with me? Let's just jump into this. Can we do that? I want to, I really do feel like I have an assignment today. Pastor Jordan told me that a couple weeks ago, you guys have jumped into the book of Acts. I don't know how that went because I didn't listen to your message, but I'll go back and listen to it. And then I heard last week, you guys just practiced the book of Acts that nobody preached, but, but God himself, I guess. So why don't we just jump into just something really quick that I want to just share with you, and I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us today. I want to read out of three different passages quickly to you. I'll read and then we'll pray together. How about that? Media team, I'm going to take probably those first three verses, first three sections, and I'm going to read them one after the other. So if you will, I'm going to read out of Luke chapter 24. I'm going to read out of Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to read out of Acts chapter 2. I know the media team will help us with it up on the screen, but if you're taking notes, Luke 24, 49, Acts 1, 4 through 8, and Acts chapter 2, verse number 4. Luke Chapter 24, verse number 49 says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued. Somebody say endued with power from on high. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 8 says, And being assembled together, I'm sure you guys probably read this a couple weeks ago, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Somebody say baptized. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse number 8, but you shall receive power. Somebody say receive. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And I'm going to go to Acts chapter 2, verse number 4. And it says this, and they were all filled 
with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say filled. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Father, today, I thank you as we have begin to dig into your word as we've already experienced your presence in this place as you're here Father today I thank you that we're not here to hear a sermon we're not here to hear a story we're here to be transformed by you and your word and your presence and so we welcome you Holy Spirit we welcome you into our lives today we ask you to have your way in Jesus name and everybody said Can I just say this? I didn't get to say this. What an incredible worship team and wonderful. Didn't that, man, how incredible. Can we just, can we just give some praise for the team and the media team? I don't have a title for my assignment today, so you just have to make your own title up. But I I do want to know, I want to ask you this. I don't know how many of you saw this on the news, but. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Waylon Pendergast, 37 years old, out of Tampa, Florida, was on his way home from a late night drinking session and decided just spur of the moment he was going to rob a house. True story. He's driving home and he goes by a house that looks unoccupied, so he goes by that house And he goes up and crawls up into the second story window, breaks in, there's nobody there, he breaks in, he finds a suitcase, and he begins filling the suitcase with all of the cash and valuables that he can get in the suitcase. He gets the suitcase and then all of a sudden he realizes I gotta make a mad dash out of here and he gets nervous, he goes down into the bottom living room and gets ready to go out the back door. But before he goes, remember, he's had a late night drinking session. He literally gets scared and he throws stuff on the floor and he lights the living room on fire thinking he's covering his tracks behind him. And so now the house is on fire and he runs out the back door and runs quickly, chuckling to himself because he's got the suitcase with all the stuff in it. This is a true story. He puts the suitcase in the truck and drives off as fast as he can. He goes around a few circles and around a few blocks so he can get back to his house. It takes him a while. Remember, he has a late-night drinking session. And when he gets ready to pull down his street, there's fire trucks in front of his house. He burned down his own house and took his own stuff. Google that. It's a true story. Can I tell you this? Left to our own sufficiency and our own energy and our own strength, we will always burn down our own stuff and we will ruin our own lives if we try to do things on our own. You and I cannot do life on our own. We've heard it all morning during worship. We've sang to God about how we need him. We've declared who he is. Pastor Jordan has got up here and declared there's things that we can't do in our own strength. Can you just say that with me? Can you say, I can't do it on my own? Jesus knew that when he was going to be with the Father, he knew you and I couldn't do it on our own. So what did he do? We just read it. We all know this. He promised us that he's going to give us a helper. We can't do it without the Holy Spirit. We can't live life without the Holy Spirit. We can't make it without the Holy Spirit. We can play church, we can sing, we can tap around and dance through the lilies a little bit every once in a while, but when we run into a situation where our life needs answers and we need something, we need something to fill a void, we can't do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit. You just just stand there for a minute. What's your name again? Jesse. Jesse. You're my friend, Jesse. 
Yeah, I ain't going to mess with you, Jesse. <laughs> We're just going to preach together, though. So whatever happens to you, it's all in the name of the Lord. <laughs> so I, I, won't, I won't beat around the bush and keep you in suspense. Let me just tell you a few things out of what we just read. The passages that we just read show a, 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 a sequence of events and, and, and show us that, that God, Jesus promised us that he's going to send us a father, he tell, a, a helper. He tells, us, tells them to go to, to Jerusalem and wait there. Go there and wait, and wait till you're endued, and you're going to be endued with power. The Holy Spirit's going to show up. And he says that not only are you going to be endued with power, but you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not only that, you're going to receive power. He goes through this process of things and begins to say, Jesse, you doing good? You ready? All right. He goes through this process of things, and let me just let me just do this. Can you throw me that that blanket right there? Thanks, Miss Holly. Thank you. He goes through this series of events, and and I, I just want to show you a few things because, for me, when I slow down, I've, I've grown up in church all my life, and of course, I've experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit at a young age, nine years old. I was filled with the Holy Spirit just praying for people in in my church at home in a Bible study with my mom and dad presence of God just came over me. I felt the presence of God like, like, like just never before. So I've been there. Many of you have, you've been there. But one of the things that I, I notice when I slow down and read this story, because as you guys are getting ready to go farther and deeper into the book of Acts, I think it's important that, that, that as you're reading this, you don't just even, even those of you that have been believers all of your life and you've, and you've communicated and you've walked with the Holy Spirit that, that were challenged to slow down a little bit and listen. I, I think it's interesting, you, even Jesus when he said, why did they have to go and wait? Why couldn't they just get the Holy Spirit then? Why didn't he just say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and he's going to be here. Y'all go ahead and take him now. Why do you make him wait? I think there, there's something about... Maybe, maybe this is just me, this is not theological, don't take this and say this pastor said this, and this is just me thinking it through. Maybe it's because he wanted to teach them that before you do anything in life, before you do anything, before you make decisions, before you step out into something, maybe you need to wait for the Holy Spirit. They had to physically go and wait for the manifestation, but maybe you and I, before we do anything, we need to learn to wait. Before we open our mouth, we might need to wait. Before we make our decision to move somewhere, we might need to... Before we switch churches because that guest pastor was, had a blanket up there, hey, you might want to... Before you throw in the towel because everything's not going your way, you might just want to Maybe that's why. I don't know. But it, it feels good to me. The process of this, I just, now, this is very important. I'm going to ask you guys this because I need you to do this. I need you to put on your sacred imaginations this morning. It's not going to be super difficult, but I, want, I don't want you just to see Jesse up here doing some things that we're about to do. <laughs> See, I was born in the hills of North Carolina, and I'm a simple guy, and sometimes I just do simple things. I just can, it just helps me see things. So literally, I'm mean, seriously, you'll be, you know, it might be funny here in a minute. There might be some things that are funny, but I, want, I don't want you to get caught up in the funniness. I want, I want you to, I want us to have fun. It's okay. Turn to the person next to you and say, the best place you can have fun is in church. <laughs> just out of the process of what I've read this morning, I, I want to read a couple other things to you in just a minute. It's interesting because it says that you will receive power. That word receive in the Greek doesn't mean it's going to be just thrown at you. That was a good catch. Way to go. Doesn't mean that. 
What it means is it's going to be made available to you. But you've got to take it. <laughs> this guy right here, I picked, I got the right volunteer. He needs no schooling. No, do you see that? That's what it is. You've got to take it. The Greek literally says that. You've got to take it. In other words, you've got to receive it. Then the other thing that I notice is when we, go, when we read in Luke, it says that not only do you have to receive it, but you're then going to be endued with power. <laughs> and what endued means, help me out, grab your hand, just cover yourself, you, you act like you're cold, there you go. Endued doesn't mean you're just going to be full of, full of this. It means you're going to be clothed and wrapped in the Holy Spirit, in power. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Then, as I kept reading this, Pastor Jordan, what I found out was then when you're endued with power, after you've received the power and you've been endued with power, and you're clothed in power, it says that then you're going to be baptized. <laughs> Baptizing the Greek literally means, and the reason why this is important, listen to me, the reason that that's important, yeah, I, I see you. Listen, if I could, I would have dumped him under, but I don't have a baptism tank. We had to stick with the bottle of water. But baptism in the Greek literally means that you're, you're, you're it, it can mean literally to be, to be submersed like we, like we get water baptized, but literally means that you're washed with the Holy Spirit. He comes and he washes you, cleanses you. So we receive the Holy Spirit, we're endued, we're clothed in the Holy Spirit, then, then we're clothed, do you notice he changed, stayed a little bit at that point, but how many of you know when you're clothed with something, you can take it off? You know how many people have been showing up to church week in and week out, and they just want to put on the Holy Spirit for just a little bit? I'll put him on during worship. I'll put him on during the altar call. Then what I'm going to do, I'm going to go out and get in my car, and I'm going to put on something else. I'm going to put on something that I don't need to be listening to. I'm going to, be, I'm going to put on some thoughts in my mind. I'm going to, does anybody hear what I'm saying? But when it goes a little bit further, I, I've, I've got him put on. I'm endued with power. I'm wrapped in power. That's, that's pretty powerful already. But then it says I'm going to be baptized. Do you notice what happened then? He can take that off, but he can't just take all the water off of him already. It's, now it's changed something on the, it's changed him. It's gotten to his eyes and down his beard. If he, if he, if he breathed hard enough, it'd go up his nose. I don't, I don't need you to, I don't need you to be the first guy to drown on stage from sniffing water. But then it's fall, it's gotten down onto his shirt. What happened is, is before he could have been clothed and touched and affected by the power of the Holy Spirit, but now it's got him so much that if he comes off the platform and hugs one of you, now it's got you. Pastor Jody's never going to be coming back to speak at the Gate Church ever again. Here's, here's where the story takes all of us to a new level. Right here. Then it says in Acts chapter 2, And they were all filled Drink it, baby, drink it. Amen. 
Give me another bottle. Give me another bottle. the first gate church chugging party. Is that what they call it? What do they call it? I don't know. Kegging party? Chugging party? Ooh, give me another bottle. Oh, hallelujah. No, no, no. That's been drank out of already, hasn't it? I ain't, I ain't here to kill nobody now. The reason why, the reason why, do you, does anybody see what's happening? What's happening is you can be, you can see the moving of Holy Spirit. By the way, Holy Spirit's a person, not an it. You can see the moving of Holy Spirit from a distance. But if you receive the power, you take it, now it becomes personal. Then when you and I are endued with power, <laughs> it becomes personal. But you understand, you're still at a place where you can change some things around. But when we get to this place right here, <laughs> now let me just explain something to you. In the Greek, the word field doesn't mean what we would think we're just filling up his stomach. It's not just putting a little something in. The Greek word fulfilled means this. When it goes in, everything else comes out. <laughs> when it goes in, when he goes in, everything else comes out. Can I just tell you something? Pastors might make visitations. Doctors and nurses might make visitations. But God doesn't do visitations any longer. We've been praying for God to visit us. He doesn't do visits. You still with me? Oh, yeah. Joel chapter 2. It's actually quoted here in the middle of, chapter, uh, of this chapter, but I'm going to read it out of Joel chapter 2. Verse number 28 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, I was born in North Carolina, but are you ready for this? You know what the Greek word for all is? Now, I'm, just so you know, I'm living in Mississippi, and I got this one. Y'all in Oklahoma, what's the Greek word for all? Not y'all. Oh, my Lord. The Greek word for all is all. Everything. My, my, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Who is Holy Spirit for? Now say it like you actually know the answer. Who's Holy Spirit for? For all. For all. all. I like reading. Let's 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 read a little. Let's just let me ask this question before we read again. If Holy Spirit is for all, when? When? Now we know from looking back in history and reading our Bibles that in Acts chapter two, in the upper room, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But when the when the prophet shares this out of Joel, he says that it shall come to pass after that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. When will the Holy Spirit be poured out? Y'all don't have to answer. This is just me thinking, processing. And it shall come to pass afterward. And it shall come to pass afterward. 
that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Afterward. After what? So when you read that, guess what you have to do? I have to go back now earlier in Joel and find out what is going to happen after what? Is, when, when is the Holy Spirit going to be poured out? Here, are you ready? Let's go back to verse number 12 of, chapter, of Joel chapter 2 and 13. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Are you ready for this? So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm to you and I because he's a good God and he loves you and he's formed you in his image. He loves you so much. He doesn't want to do any harm to you. He wants you to turn and rend your heart to him. Listen, the power of the Holy Spirit is poured out in our lives after we rend our hearts to him. Now let me just tell you, let me just tell you something. When I, I've read this all my life, all my life, I thought when the Holy Spirit's poured out, it's gonna be poured out on people for the first time. It's gonna be poured out in their life and it's gonna change their life because they've just, this is their first time coming in, into God and they're gonna experience the presence of God. But can I just tell you something? Here at the Gate Church this morning, God can outpour his spirit out once again into our lives because catch this, catch this. I'm just, I like reading things closely. So rend your heart and not your garments Return to the Lord. What that means is there's somebody in here who has, was with him before and you had the Holy Spirit, you were, you were, you were endued with power and, and you had that. But he says, if you will rend your heart and return to the Lord. So Pastor Jody... Oh, let's just keep going. Can we keep going for a minute? I want to read one more passage. And I'm reading these. I know if it wasn't for sake of time, sometimes I would read a lot more. But I, I don't want to just read one verse. I want you to catch what, what's being said here. John chapter 14 is when Jesus begins. He makes the promise that he's going to send us a helper. But this is what he says in John chapter 14, verse number 8. I think the media team's helping us out back here, right? There we go. Philip said to him, Lord, this is verse number eight. Did I give y'all verse number eight? Okay. He said, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? In other words, Jesus is saying, you've already seen the Father, you've seen me. Then he says, so, so do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me at least for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these. Because I go to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. I just, that one little phrase in there just does it. That's a whole nother sermon. I, I don't have time to go there, but it's just like stuck in there. Isn't it weird? And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Somebody say, Holy Spirit, that he may, help me out, abide with you on Sunday morning while you're in church. Abide with you when you're at the funeral of your great auntie. Abide with you when you're going through a difficult day or whatever. Abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be. 
in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Is this okay? Why are we filled with Holy Spirit? He didn't have nowhere to stay. Why are we feel? Is this okay, Pastor Jordan? The word power there is dunamis. The way that I've always thought of it is when you say dunamis, you're thinking about dynamite. Boom! Something ex- powerful, crazy, and by far, listen, for sure, that, that, does, that does mean that. There's, that's in that word. But that's not all that word means. Literally, the word dunamis. Literally, are you ready? Because this is important. If you hear it this way, it changes everything. Because as believers, we grow up looking for the fireworks. But God doesn't always show up in the fireworks. Sometimes he shows up with the still small voice. The word dunamis doesn't just mean explode and mighty. It literally is this simple. The ability to function. You having trouble getting out of bed one day because you had a rough day the day before? Guess what? You can't do it. You have no ability to do it on your own, but Holy Spirit can help you. He can give you the ability to function. That's power. Do you know as a people of God, we are always, we've become so fascinated with the supernatural. Did you know the word supernatural is not found anywhere in the Bible? What, Pastor? Yeah, I looked. Can't find it. Sure, signs, wonders, and miracles are all things that seem to be crazy, but I begin to wonder, do you wonder why the word supernatural is not found in the Bible? Well, first of all, it wasn't invented until the 1500s. But one of the reasons I believe we don't find it in the Bible, because what you and I want to categorize as supernatural, God just thinks is natural. Leading, lead, leading the clerk at the store to the Lord and sharing with them the love of God and sharing with them the gospel and the good news. There's nothing supernatural about that. That's just natural. Praying over somebody who's, whose leg is withered and, and, and needs help and just and seeing that healed. How many of you know we've been called to lay hands on the sick and see them recover? That's natural. But listen, we don't, we don't see all of those natural things that are natural in God's eyes in our lives all the time because we're just walking around sometimes putting the Holy Spirit on every once in a while and just being happy, being clothed with Him in a moment and not realizing that He doesn't want to only just us receive power. He doesn't only want us to be endued with power and clothed with power. He doesn't only want us to be baptized. He wants us to be filled. He wants everything that's on the inside of you out of you, and he wants to be the only one in there. Why are we filled with the Holy Spirit? I can give you a whole bunch of great, great things. We can give you a bunch of points. Holy Spirit's in you and I. We can, it's easy so the fruit, his fruit can be made manifest in our lives. So that way, joy, love, peace. Do you know why you need the Holy Spirit to have love in your life? Can I just tell you this? Most of you think you operate in love, but you never operate in love until you run into something that you used to think was unlovable. 
You never can have patience in your life until you're in a situation that deals with your impatience. So the reason why you need Holy Spirit in our lives, the reason we need him is because we can't actually manifest his fruit without him in there because his fruit doesn't show up without him. And just so you know, it's fruit. Everybody say fruit. It's not fruits. The fruit of the Spirit is not plural. So this is why this is super important. You know why? You can't let God just work on your love without working on your patience. You can't let God work on your joy without working on your kindness. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is not a basket of variety of fruit. It's one fruit. It's like slicing an orange and having segments of an orange. It's all an orange, but there's different segments. And the different segments of the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But what we want to do is we want to just say, oh, God's working on my patience this week. No, he's not just working on your patience. He's working on your love, your joy, self-control. He's working on all of it. We want to throw the patience out. We're going to work on that later. But he says, no, I'm going to work on it now. Now, why are we filled with Holy Spirit? Definitely so the fruit, his fruit can be made manifest. That's very simple. But I want to take out of context, out of the context that's here, And I want to present to you why this right here is so important. (laughs) Somebody get me another bottle. (laughs) That's okay. Bigger the better. If we're going to be here, we might not have fun on somebody's expense. Somebody's got to pay for the party. <laughs> Justice, Jesse, Sonny, listen, I, I hope I have Nigerian blood in me. You think I do? Y'all, I mean, y'all haven't aged one bit. 70 years, oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Acts chapter 2. If we read a little bit further, this is what happens after Peter. This is really important because this is a response. I know we're right at, are we okay on time? You sure? Is anybody hungry? Will you mind going and picking us up some chicken, please, and bring it back? We need one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We just need five loaves of bread, though. We'll stretch it and make it work. (laughs) Peter, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, how many of you know they began to speak in tongues? Can I tell you all a quick story? This is a quick story, especially since it just made me think when Lee was here. I I just preached at Pastor Lee and Heather's place a couple weeks ago, and they were rocking it over there. In absolutely incredible. Their people are incredible. But this guy that you're talking about, he sends me text, text messages all the time. So there's nothing special just about you. He sends me text messages. <laughs> he, sent, he usually sends me a text message that says, hey, have a good day. Hope you're doing good. He'll just, something's light and maybe a little silly. But he sent me this last text message and it was like, God's doing this in the world, and you're this, and you're this, and you're, the, you're this, and you're all that. I mean, just, I was like, so I text him back and said, like, are you prophesying over me? Like, I was wondering, did you send this to the right person? It was incredible. Then, then, just a couple weeks ago, I'm in California at a preaching at a conference, preached that night. The pastor of the church there brought up a Navajo Indian chief who was there in the service that day. And the Navajo Indian chief told me he felt like he wanted to pray for me. So I said, and the pastor said, is that okay? He stood right there with him. Make that five buckets of chicken, please. 
He don't even know I'm talking to him, but that's all right. <laughs> so the chief came up with the pastor, and I, I hadn't met him before. He was much shorter than me. He was in his 80s, 86 years old. And he grabbed me, like, grabbed me, and he laid his head on my chest. And he begins praying. So I just have my hands out. He's praying over me. And then all of a sudden, he begins quoting his text message to me word for word. My eyes did this. I was like, I went and grabbed my phone really quick. I showed the pastor. I said, Pastor, look at this. Can you believe that? He just prayed this word for word over me. The pastor said, you know he was speaking Navajo the whole time, right? I had, I had a Pentecost moment. I heard English coming out of him. I was so baffled. But he was speaking Navajo. He prayed in Navajo over me the whole time. And he took a little country boy from North Carolina's word and put me to California with the Navajo Indian chief. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. If I didn't believe him, now I believe you. <laughs> Peter... Peter, after the, the after Holy Spirit's poured out and people are filled, Peter then begins to share with all of them. He's trying to explain to them, listen, these people aren't drunk like you think they are. They've not been drinking. This is the Holy Spirit. He's been poured out in their life and he's changed their life. The same thing that happened in their lives, being filled with the Holy Spirit, he will give the gift. Holy Spirit will be a gift in your life too. And when he said that to them, guess what? Three, it says over 3,000 people that day gave their lives to God. That means 3,000 people were not, not just endued with power, not just baptized, not just, not just sprinkled on, but they were filled with Holy Spirit. I like looking at examples, and if they were filled with Holy Spirit, what did Holy Spirit do in them? Because if what Holy Spirit did in them at that moment, when I'm filled with Holy Spirit, that must be what Holy Spirit wants to do in me. Acts chapter 2, verse number 42. This is what they did with Holy Spirit on the inside of them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. They broke bread in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Can I just break this down for you a little bit? I love the way, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, John Bevere. I love the way John Bevere deal, deals with this word. When you look up this word fear, they weren't afraid that God was going to hit them over the head with a bat. It's not that kind of fear. What it was is they... When fear came upon them, this, are you ready for this? They were afraid that when they woke up the next morning, the same presence that was in them then wouldn't be there anymore. They were afraid God wouldn't be there with them, and that causes fear and causes awe and reverence to come in our life. How many of you know if what you have today is something you really love and you're scared it's going to go away, you're going to take care of it as much as you can. You're going to nurture it. You're going to love it. You're going to say, hey, I don't want you to leave. You're going to treat it, you're going to treat it as best as you can. Well, listen, they're going to treat Holy Spirit as best as they can. They were afraid that the thing that was on the inside of them now, they didn't want to lose it. And because they were afraid, they became in awe. They became, uh, they became reverent to the presence of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. And then wonders and signs were done through the apostles. So they just continued steadfastly every day. They broke bread together. They fellowshiped. They had prayer. And then signs and wonders were done through them. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. This is the part people don't like to talk about. When you got to start giving up your stuff. If you don't let go of your stuff, your stuff's got you. 
And this, listen, we, we get scared about this passage and we don't want to talk about it because we think, well, I don't want to be working all day long and just give all my stuff to some lazy guy because he says he believes in God. That, listen, that's not what this is talking about. It's saying that, how many of you know, once you start communing with people and you start having family, with, they become your family. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for my family. I, I, get, I get the shirt off my back to my kids. I wouldn't do it in front of y'all. I'd do it in the back room. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. But get this. Why is Holy Spirit on the inside of me? Because he helps me to continue daily with one accord to the temple. Listen, you think it's hard for you to get to church? You know what the average believers, the average Christian right now, average church attendance, they say a, a, a Christian in the, in, the, in the U.S. today that if they go to church one time every six weeks, they're a regular member. These guys went to the temple every day. We have church every night. Schedule it. Every night. We'll start tomorrow night. Just kidding. That's not me. That's his job. I'm not doing that. So they continued daily in one accord in the temple. They broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And when they were filled with Holy Spirit and they just did life, the Lord was with them and they were blessed. I'm way past my time. You need some more. I didn't do this just to be silly. I did this just to show you and I this morning. I believe what God is wanting us to do right now, there's an invitation. I don't know if somebody can come to the keys or whatever. Banjo, guitar, whatever, I don't care. Gazoo. I believe what Holy Spirit's wanting to do right now is He wants to fill, He wants to pour Himself out in our lives. And when we get filled, see, this is, this is where you have to use your sacred imagination. When Holy Spirit's going in, all the other stuff has to rise to the top and has to come out. And if you're in this room, listen to me, some of us don't want to receive Holy Spirit into our lives until we think we got it all ready for Him. But can I tell you this? Holy Spirit will move into a messed up apartment. If you straighten the inside of your life all out so that you can make more room for Holy Spirit, when He does show up, He's just going to mess it all up again. This is important. This is important. Because this is not just a message. This is not just words to tickle your emotions this morning. This is to make you stop and think for a moment and think about this. Holy Spirit is not coming or wanting to be in our lives just to, just to visit us. He wants to fill us. And it says in John chapter 14 that He wants to dwell forever. He doesn't want to just come in our lives and stay until tomorrow when things aren't going good and you decide you want to... listen. You have a bad day, it's okay, we all have bad days. You say a bad word, well, my wife says bad words. You face a difficult situation, we all face difficult situations. You weren't even listening, were you? I got you. Him being in us doesn't 
say that we never face difficult situations. What it says is if you want to endure through your difficult situations, you need him. He wants to dwell with you. He wants to abide with you. And then how about this? Are you ready for this? This is real simple. Pastor asked me to keep it simple today. This is really simple. If, if he's abiding in you and Jesus says that I and my Father in one, and when you see me, you see the Father, guess what that means? Holy Spirit wants to be inside of our lives so that when we walk around and somebody sees you, the greatest compliment anybody can give me is when they say, I see God in you. And then I run into some people, they don't understand the presence of God. They don't know how to explain it. But the best thing that anybody could say to us is, I see Jesus in you. Because if Jesus is in the Father, and when you see Jesus, you've seen the Father, then what that means is the only way anybody else, your family, me, your spouse, your kids, your pastor, people you serve with at this church, the only way they can see Jesus is if you're filled. So the invitation today is not an unrealistic thing where I'm saying that you let allow Holy Spirit to saturate your life again and fill you and you just hope that nothing goes wrong in your life. No, no, no. Everything's going to go wrong in your life. What it says is Holy Spirit is there because when everything goes wrong, He's got you covered. He's the one that helps you stay set fast. He's the one that takes you through the valley. He's the one that gives you direction and says, pay this off, pay that off. Don't go there, do that. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, the church today, people today and churches have gotten so lazy. We've gotten lazy. We've just let Holy Spirit visit us. We've not let him fill us and fill us and cause things to come out of our life. And we've not wanted to just put in the effort with the relationship with Holy Spirit. And you can run all you want and you can come back and he'll love you and he'll bring you in. But listen, he doesn't want you to go. He doesn't want to just come and visit you every once in a while. He wants to live on the inside of you. Now, are you ready for this? I'm going to get real practical here for a minute. If you're dealing with things in your life that seem to be overwhelming, and maybe I believe there's people in this room, there's people online right now, you've been ready to throw in the towel. You've been ready to quit. Let him pour a little bit more of himself on the inside of you today. Here's the invitation right now. This, these altars are open. Is there anybody in this room that wants the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life so much that he has control of you and when people see you they see the father they see Jesus does anybody in is anybody in here ready to rend your heart not your garments not your emotions not just some decision to do it in front is there anybody if that's you come on just begin to respond to him these altars are open come and say you know what holy spirit i won't i don't want to just be touched i don't want you just to visit me i want you to fill me i want you i can't do that for you he has to do that for you come on if that's you you rend your heart rend your heart back to him come on we're going to worship god for just a little bit